but it was like the red tail and Teddy like were going for it at the same time. So <laughs> Teddy and the red tail, and then basically the red tail's feet go up around Teddy's muzzle. Teddy lets go of the squirrel, or yeah, Teddy lets go of the squirrel, then River grabs the squirrel and kills it and stuff. So my friends were just like watching the whole time. Um, yeah, no, it's like, is this how it's supposed to be? And I was like, yeah, I'm still gonna catch it, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, and then just uh, this, you know, chaos happened. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thank you again so much for joining us for another episode of the Falconry Told podcast, brought to you in part by the fine folks at Marshall Radio Telemetry the makers of the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking system available. For more info on Marshall's products, head to marshallradio.com. And also the Falconry Fund. The Falconry Fund is a nonprofit organization dedicated to support and protect the various arts and practices of falconry and the cultural and environmental assets that make it possible. The Falconry Fund seeks to become a vital and effective nonprofit charitable organization based in the United States to serve falconers on the North American continent and elsewhere so that this art and practice may be pursued without undue restriction and free from current or potential threats by incompatible human activity. So if you'd like more information on the Falconry Fund or to donate, head to falconryfund.org. And we'd also like to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast, being North Gen Raptors. And they just want you to know that whether your flight style ranges from long bombing stoops of a falcon to those super hot off-the-glove pursuits of a goshawk, they've got your falconry bird needs covered. They've collected several genetic lines from different species of goshawks, harrishawks, and falcons and produce all kinds of different birds. So if you're interested in securing a bird, then head to northgenfalcons.com where you can find out more information on how to select the bird and submit your deposit. So thank you, North Gen Raptors, for becoming a new sponsor. We appreciate it. And this week's episode brings you all Tyler Rankin, who is the current president of the Kentucky Falconry Association. And he uh, was able to finally connect with me while I was in Lexington this past week working. Drove down and uh, we hung out for the evening and uh, caught up. So without further ado, we will jump into the conversation with uh, Tyler Rankin. Here we go. What's going on, man? It's been a while since I have uh, seen, what was it, NAFA the last time I, I saw you? Yeah, November, shoot, two years ago, yeah. Has it been already? Well, it was, yeah, the 2019. It was the 2019. Yeah. We didn't have a 2020. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, yeah, the 2020, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the 2021 obviously was uh, was canceled, and uh, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to that one a little bit, just because of the the international aspect, and mm-hmm. would have been a good uh, a good way to get a bunch of um, content with people from around the world and stuff in one place. It would have been some low-hanging fruit for sure as far as uh this kind of stuff goes but right you know of course it's always nice seeing friends and stuff too but, oh absolutely but uh yeah. but yeah how's uh how's things been with you uh for your your season and everything so far things are actually going really well for me this year i've yes i've i have three birds right now which i'm really currently only flying one um basically i started i got a imprint kestrel over the summer in uh, around august or so um didn't really get to full hunting starlings it got i got her kind of late or him late it was a little male um got him kind of late couldn't get really uh, really it was actually the whole the baggy aspect of getting starlings and stuff and trying to trap them and everything i mean she would go on you know chicks and sparrows and stuff but um yeah trying to get her hunting so pretty much october rolls around and it's time to get you know serious with the bigger birds right so i had my um i had a uh chamber raised female harris um this would have been her second season i flew her last year she was a lot of fun did rabbits and squirrels with her and uh yeah i got her ready uh started hunting rabbits with her uh i also trapped a uh passage red tail in october um mostly i did that kind of for my wife and because i had a few issues you were talking about and i that i didn't know of that harris's um aren't very good with dogs sometimes <laughs> and i had just gotten a young dog um to hunt squirrels with and stuff and uh she we had some issues there so i really wanted to get the dog going so figured the best way to do that yeah get a red tail and get in the woods with the dog and squirrels and stuff so yeah you're you're uh <laughs> you're less likely um i won't say you're immune but you're you're less likely to uh 
to have those issues with a uh, with a passage red tail than you are um, <laughs> with with a with a chamber chamber Harris. That's for sure. Well, just I mean the transition, yeah. You, and going with a chamber Harris, like you just there's a whole lot of things you kind of got to teach them. Um, yeah, well, you, it's in any yeah any chamber bird, any chamber bird, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they're they're ignorant to pretty much everything that is landing in a tree yeah yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah i mean once you get them going though i mean they just they 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 act and they're and this bird's been great in the field i mean she follows great i mean she's i mean she'll go after anything i mean it's it's been a lot of fun with her yeah um but just you know there's those little quirks and stuff but you know you work through them and yeah 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 you work through quirks with every bird you ever fly (laughs) right ever yeah yeah, it doesn't matter if it's an imprint, chamber rays, you know, passage, whatever. I mean, it's uh, that's that's part of what makes uh, you know, separates the the men from the boys, so to speak. You know, did, just to yeah. use a general, um, you know, just uh, <laughs> to- well, and I could have just yeah, given up on the Harris and you know, given her to somebody else, you know, but um, I did, yeah, I wanted to keep her. It was her first year. She had, I kind of had to end my season last season earlier just because she had a foot injury. And she just wasn't, you know, chasing much, catching much. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew something was up, so she just needed to rest. So I didn't really get that full, you know, season yeah. out of her. I wanted to do it again. Over the summer, I put her out with the dog a lot. I would do, you know, jump ups and stuff with the dog, you know, on a leash right there and everything. Finally got him out in a good rabbit field. Got my, uh, my dog to actually flush, you know, rabbits in front of the bird with the bird on my fist and she would go after him and they, they really started working well together this year. So I was really happy about that. Um, that aggression kind of went away and, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun up until beginning of December when, uh, she broke her toe. Uh, the Harris broke her toe on a squirrel chase. Mm. And, um, but good news with that. I got, uh, we got an x-rayed. It was broken beginning of December, got an x-rayed, um, last Monday and it's, it's healed now. So, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So she's good. She's she's high on weight right now. So I'm gonna kind of slowly start dropping her weight and get her on some easy slips, some short hunts and stuff. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, I've been flying the the passage redtail on squirrels and stuff, and that's been a blast. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's it's um, you know, that's that's what that kind of stuff. Working through those kind of things is obviously a, a big reason why there's a lot of people that are initially interested in getting into this kind of stuff and then never follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, the whole separating the, the men from the boys, the, the women from the girls, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's working through those kind of issues is, a uh, is a big reason why, you know, you, you find out real quick if it's something that you want to do long term or not. And, um, if you can work through those things and just be, be prepared to roll with those punches, then, then yeah, you're probably meant to, you know, you're probably cut out to, to do this kind of stuff, but the people that aren't usually don't, don't last much long that much longer past that first initial hiccup. Well, that's, you know? I mean, that's just part of growing and developing in the sport. I mean, my mm-hmm. first year, like a lot of apprentices, you know, you trap a red tail, you're by yourself, you go hunting, you're, you know, you're beating brush and it's whether or not you enjoy, you know, getting your ass kicked every day, yeah. <laughs> like just beating through brush and coming back, torn up in thorns and stuff. Sure. Then the next thing for me and what I saw and in Kentucky, what a lot of people do, you add a dog into the mix mm-hmm. and that's just not like, Oh, you just put a dog out there and you just go. I mean, it's, it takes a lot longer to train a dog than does there's a, bird. a lot of training. I mean, yeah. that does go on. Yeah. You, I mean, you got to watch the dog. You're watching two things. Now you're watching the dog, you know, you're watching the bird, you're watching how they interact. I mean, you're getting kind of everybody involved here, Yep. but it's, it's, I wouldn't go back after, you know, not having a dog. I mean, having a dog in there and in the mix has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I really wish that, um, I mean, I don't regret having my Vigilas at all. Um, but for where I'm at, I really would have been better off probably getting either a dachshund or a, um, Decker or Mm -hmm. something like, like that just for, for our area. But I mean, I, I'm probably, um, you know, it's either this season, probably this season, I'm, I'm going to start doing stuff that's more conducive to having the dogs out. I mean, like there, there, there just really hasn't been a, a whole lot of use for them the last couple of years. And I feel guilty about that a lot, you know, like, yeah. you know, having that, that dog, that crappy dog owner, uh, you want to give guilt. them a job yeah, and yeah. they want a job too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to try and remedy that some, um, you know, this season, I think, um, regardless of whether or not, you know, other circumstances work out, but sure. But yeah. Um, 
you know, like I guess I, I understand that, that, um, a lot of the people that are especially more in the middle to Eastern Kentucky, you know, need to have that, that aid, you know, so to speak, I mean, with, with a lot of the terrain that you all hunt, it's a lot different even than, than ours in, uh, in Southern Indiana. Oh, stuff, absolutely. You know? I mean, yeah. there's just a lot more thick stuff and a lot more, uh, I don't know, just, just, it's, it's just different. The terrain's different. Oh, I mean, Kentucky is so, yeah, spread out just as far as, yeah, different environments and terrain and everything. I'm up in the northern part of Kentucky, just kind of outskirts of Cincinnati. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's it's really similar to um, central eastern Kentucky area. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. rolling hills. Um, but then at the same time, kind of more of my rabbit fields are a lot more like western Kentucky where, you know, I do go to more industrial type, you know, urban more urban areas, um, that kind of development right type stuff um but yeah it's uh it's it's i mean i think the dogs do definitely i mean i, I know some places where yeah you need a dog i mean you get briars that are eight feet tall and you yeah know, nobody's gonna walk through there but you get to throw a tiny dachshund in there and yeah. yeah they'll they'll start flushing out rabbits it just increases your opportunities for success really sure yeah yeah i've got my my one vigla will will get into some pretty thick stuff mm-hmm. if i if i let her but um yeah but I mean, like I said, you know, a thicker coated, you know, like more wire haired, I guess, you know, dachshund or something like that probably would have just been a better, um, would have been a better route had I done things in, in retrospect. Well, it's but, just amazing. Yeah. The but, dachshunds, especially just like the tiny little holes and spaces they'll fit into. I mean, nowhere. Yeah. yeah you stick a stick down there. You're not going to flush it, but you stick a dachshund mm-hmm. in there. They'll, they'll get them out. Yeah. 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 I found out real quick though, that as much fun as I had my first season with my red tail on bunnies. I, you know, the whole red tail on bunnies thing or just whatever on bunnies wasn't really going to be my thing. I found that out real quick. Um, you know, like I said, I, after about the first couple seasons, I knew that, uh, you know, the bunny thing was only going to interest me so far. You know, right. so that's kind of why I went the different, the different route. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, and, and the Vizslas, you know, they'll, they'll point, you know, they'll try to point or they'll, you know, they can scent you know, fur just as well as feather, but you know, the bunnies, they don't hold, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, they get, yeah. get, get within X amount of, of, you know, space within those rabbits they kick up and yeah. you know, it's whatever. But, but yeah, so I guess, you know, since you mentioned, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, your, your first experience, you know, with your first red, I mean, might as well just go ahead and just, um, kind of start talking a little bit about what, what got you initially interested in the sport and, um, you know, just, how you fell into it like everybody else seems to. Yeah, sure. Um, I got into it, I guess, kind of later. This was really through grad school. But, um, I mean, growing up, I grew up, yeah, out outskirts of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we had a 22-acre property out there, so I grew up playing in the creek and riding four-wheelers, stuff like that. I remember, and I just always kind of had this fascination just with animals and wildlife in general just either digging in the creek or, you know, I went to zoo camps, all that kind of stuff. Um, I knew that I kind of wanted to become, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, become more into, you know, environmental science, conservation. Outdoorsy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, to pursue that. Uh, I remember one time walking in the creek, we had a active red tail nest, like right by our creek. And I mean, one time, yeah, that I just remember, I think I was like seven or eight or something like that. Like, the mom up there just like screaming at me one time and then like <laughs> took a dive. And like the last thing I saw was her about like 20 feet away from my face, like just diving right down. And, mm-hmm. I, and then like, after it all happened, I'm like, Oh my God, that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like <laughs> that was amazing. And just, um, I don't know, just, so I'd always, I mean, I always drew, you know, I, I was into drawing. I drew animals all the time. You know, I, Jeff Corwin, Steve Irwin, all that stuff, you know, I think in my high school yearbook, it said I was in 10 years, I see myself as the next Steve Irwin. So even up through high school and everything, that was just kind of what I wanted to do. So I went to, we're in Lexington, Kentucky here. Um, I went to Transylvania University, just right down the road. Um, Got my biology degree down there. Um, A few wildlife biology classes. I was kind of pressured to go there. Just my dad went there, his brother, my cousins were there. It was kind of like a family tradition thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I mean, there, my dad was a doctor. He, you know, did pre-med at Transy. That's kind of what it was like. The biology program was like still geared towards, but I still got my biology degree there. Um, they offered a few wildlife classes. So, um, 
graduated from college, still knowing I wanted to do wildlife stuff. I had volunteered at the Louisville Zoo, uh, taught classes there during college for the, you know, the summer camps and stuff. Um, I, I wanted to get into a wildlife job. I'm like, how is my career? How can I get a wildlife career? Mm-hmm. Being in Kentucky, you know, working in a zoo. Zoo jobs are hard to come by. You don't really, you don't just hand me your resume and get hired. You got to volunteer there for years yeah. and stuff. But me being out of college, I wanted to quit working in a restaurant. I wanted to start working, you know, kind of get on with my career and stuff. Um, so I did. Um, I worked at a primate rescue center with about 12 chimpanzees um, and a bunch of monkeys. And it's actually down road about 30 miles from here in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a nonprofit owned thing. I didn't last there very long. Um, <laughs> what did you get a bunch of crap flung at you a bunch? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I was a male. For I was the only I was the only male who worked. The man who worked there. Oh. Yeah, all the rest were females. So I was kind of like the the men. I mean the the male chimps. I mean they would. Yeah, yeah. they didn't like me. Yeah, territorial. The females yeah. did though. They they kind of had some had a crush on me. It was they would yeah they would do a little few funny things but um, that's uh that's kind of that's kind of fitting yeah that's, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's interesting though yeah no it was interesting but then i just basically saw myself i'm like i'm taking care of these ladies monkeys like that's yeah. what i'm doing i want to do more i want to do more you know education kind of like outreach type stuff um so anyways i did i ended up getting a job just because i i wanted a job um with a environmental consulting firm um, I mainly worked in the soils lab with civil engineers and stuff, but they also had a group that, uh, did, you know, environmental stuff, biological work, uh, endangered species, wetland stream restorations, construction, stuff like that. And I thought that was great. So really talking to a few of the staff there, they're basically like, okay, um, yeah, if you want to do this, go back and get your master's, um, in biology. So, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> so I ended up doing that. I went to Eastern Kentucky university and, um, that's kind of where I got really first introduced to falconry, um, where I really found out about it. I never was never a hunter growing up. Um, I mean, my fascination with wildlife and the outdoors and everything has always been, you know, just from, you know, being out, just hiking, just being outside, playing in the creek, you know, just doing that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then just learning, you know, getting my degree in ecology and, and biology and stuff like that. So I find that interesting because, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even outdoorsy growing up. Really? I had allergies. Like I, I had literally the worst allergies you could imagine. Like I think for the first 22 years of my life, I couldn't breathe out of my nose. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Um, I finally ended up getting an allergy test in, in my early twenties and literally like everything lit up. Wow. I mean, every, like every, everything, but like three different things, you know? So, you know, not only was I not a hunter, um, I just wasn't outdoorsy at all growing up. Very yeah. much. So, I mean, it, that, that's the one thing about this particular sport that always interests me with finding out how other people get into it is it, it's not just a, a hunter, like a, like a hunter exclusive type thing for people that, that in, you know, initially get interested in it. A lot of and, people around here are, were originally hunters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's plenty of people though, that, that weren't, you know, mm-hmm. that, that didn't have a, um, you know, a big prior hunting background or, um, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, plenty of people do going into this, yeah. but, but I mean, there's so many people that I found out that weren't hunters or didn't really have a, a big hunting gr- a background going into it. And I, I can't think of too many other things that I'm sure there probably are some other examples of things that, uh, that you didn't really have to have a, you know, a background uh, going into it. But I mean, like th- no. this, this is, this is something that, that seems like it, you, there's, there's still a decent amount of people that, that haven't had that kind of background going into it. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's just kind of interesting to hear, um, you know, how those particular people find out about it, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. cause I mean, I, I can relate to that because obviously I, I didn't have you, that background either. well yeah so. i mean you talk to yeah a bunch of people and i mean just yeah from meeting people i mean like people with all kinds of interests and backgrounds mm-hmm. and stuff i mean just basically they all share the common bond of their you know love of raptors really mm-hmm. and i mean that's just kind of yeah what gets everybody into it yeah i mean it doesn't really require yeah that much of a background so what exactly did you get your master's in then so yeah kind of continue how i got into falconry i got it in applied ecology and this was at eastern kentucky university um, but basically I did my thesis research 
um, I wanted to do it on birds. My mentor or my advisor was, uh, he was the ornithologist, the bird guy at the, at the college. And I basically said, I was like, would you have, you know, what, what kind of research project could I do on raptors? He's like, well, just so happened, another grad student kind of walked away from this one, but I have some grant money from um, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife to do a sharp shin hawk nest study. Mm. And so I jumped all over that. Um, but, uh, and this will kind of, <laughs> this kind of going to like, yeah, all the people you know out in, out in Indiana. But um, yeah. So yeah, I did um, two seasons, just yeah, kind of started reading about, you know, Sharpie nest locations. Basically, I guess how it all started, um, fish and wildlife wanted to, uh, kind of get a good idea of the population of Sharpie of sharp shin hawks in the state. Um, and then like their nest success and everything. So, uh, because they're listed as a species of concern through Kentucky and, um, because of the special take permits that, you know, at the time that falconers were coming in and taking ISs from nests and stuff so they wanted to see how you know if they could still you know hold that program at the time there was no limit on you know people from out of state who could come in and take all that stuff uh or and yeah and take ISs from the nest and everything so um yeah so they relied on me the grad student to go out and pretty much turn me loose and say go find yeah. as many you know active nests in kentucky as you can so so basically what you're saying is all the the regs that are currently in place are your fault <laughs> there's one there's one that i influenced yeah yeah there's one but there's a lot of other stuff that went into it so anyways all they gave me they gave me yeah um i do a lot of work now in gis um some mapping stuff i mean i did like research about you know where to find them all that stuff and they're like here's a few names of falconers that are willing to help you and um yeah it was about eight to ten falconers i got in touch with a guy named uh, eddie morgan out in western kentucky mm-hmm. um he basically they he had a sharpie pool planned um for that uh that summer invited me out uh the first summer of my research and he's like yeah we'll take you around to all these nests stuff so basically i was going out there find the nest you know how many eggs how many hatched how many fledged and then going back after that and taking a lot of different you know habitat parameters you know measuring trees understory cover you know kind of yeah getting an idea of you know what kind of habitats they prefer that way fish and wildlife could kind of try to quantify that um types of habitats in the state to know really the breeding potential for sharpies i guess mm-hmm. so it went out with them um, I mean, it was Eddie Morgan, Mike McDermott was out there. Um, I mean, me having no experience or knowledge of falconry. I mean, I was, you know, with these guys that are, you know, giants in the sport at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, really well-respected guys. I mean, they couldn't have been nicer helping me out. Um, you know, went out there. I went out there with two, with them two seasons. Um, just kind of, yeah, going out, they showed me. I mean, they just, yeah, welcomed me, talked to me kind of about everything, willing to help me out and stuff. Um, Went to Eddie's house for dinner, you know, saw his goshawks and stuff. I didn't get to go out hunting with him or anything, but really that just kind of started my interest. So, um, anyways, published the study. Um, I didn't find as many nests as I really wanted to, um, partially because the year before, especially out in Western Kentucky, there was a huge ice storm that just like decimated the pine stands Mm. out there and just, um, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. And they, they weren't finding, I mean, they had these like topo maps they would hand me and it was like. 30 nest sites in this one at uh, land between the lakes recreation area. I mean, just yeah, everywhere. And we would drive around to all these places and then we went back when I was doing my research, if I would have gone like a year earlier, we would have probably found a whole lot more, but it just yeah weren't finding as many. I found a few in Daniel Boone national forest on my own, climb those nests, you know, monitor them and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, this was about 10 years ago or so. Um, so that long ago, huh? Yeah. When I, I graduated in 2010. Yeah. So, yeah, this was 2008 through 2010, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of a, a definitely a, a little bit of a different way of, of getting into I it. I think so. Yeah. Through college, I guess it's, yeah, a little yeah. bit different. I guess it wouldn't, and technically wouldn't be considered, you know, uncommon necessarily, but it's still different. Like, as far as, uh, you know, like you didn't have that, that initial inclination of, of like, you know, you just liked raptors. You necessarily yeah. like have, have the the falconry aspect right. of it in mind. You know, going into mm-hmm. it, but well, like uh, as far as you know, then like w- what did you do? I mean, who did you initially get out with, and and how did you initially you know take your your steps to to get out with people to 
you know, find a sponsor yeah. and all that. Okay. So I guess after that, after I graduated from EKU, um, moved up to Northern Kentucky. I got married while I was in grad school. My wife's family lived up in Northern Kentucky. We moved up, um, to Northern Kentucky then been up there about 10 years now. And, um, uh, on that list that fish and wildlife gave me, um, they basically, well, you're talking about the regs and stuff. I'll jump back to that. Real quick. <laughs> they basically limit, like with my study, they limited the, like the number of take that they have in the state this year mm-hmm. or from year to year. I think like a certain number of out of state falconers can apply for, you know, special use permits to take, um, and then in state, but not a whole lot do it anymore. Not in Kentucky. And it was funny because at like my second season, then I went to Indiana with Joe and yeah. Mark Herman and everybody, yeah. and yeah. they're telling me all this stuff like, "Yeah, you got to go do playback surveys in this in this exact week. This is how you find the nest." I'm like, "Where were these guys?" Like, right. When I was doing my research and stuff, it was amazing just how much yeah they knew and yeah. stuff. But it's like all that all that work that you did with with a grant and everything they yeah. they did and just put it in a rousing they, news yeah. or whatever. No, I'm like, I, yeah, if I <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would have yeah. been like 40 miles north, I could have yeah. found them and you know, well, a and, lot different. And at least at least now. I guess it, it can be depending on what your your outlook on it is. It can be either a good or a bad thing. Like having a a lot more accessibility, um, you know, to those kind of. But you, the the whole thing is though is you still have to you still have to know like the or have the right resources and the and the you know just have enough of a baseline knowledge to start. Which I don't I like seeking didn't out. Have. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Well, I, mean, I, didn't, I, I didn't either. I mean, nobody does. Right. No. I mean, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting though that that um, you know just a lot of people talk about how hard it used to be and how inaccessible you know people used to be just because yeah you know you know no Facebook no internet no whatever yeah you know now all you really got to do is call your you know your state DNR person that's yeah they that's have a list yeah, we, and, yeah our clubs got lists yeah, yeah facebook yeah and then all of a sudden you're linked up with potential people that you know may or may not you know take you out yeah. or whatever i mean and, still there's places in kentucky i mean people there's not a falconer you know sure two counties over or oh something yeah like well, that. i think it's probably like that for almost every state i would think oh yeah you know? absolutely yeah, it kind of has to be right I think. but sure. but yeah i mean it's just uh it's interesting how much more accessible everybody is but mm-hmm. you still but you still have to to know how to take that first step yeah you know yeah so what i did they that list that fish and wildlife gave me or i called yeah our kentucky fish and wildlife will send you like a packet it just has like Mm -hmm. the state regs you know list of potential sponsors and stuff Mm -hmm. and there was a gentleman up by me who i'd heard of yeah during my research and stuff um his name's john darple and his him and his son kyle were both master falconers up in northern kentucky so i met up with them a few times i mean went out with them probably this was like 2012 or so um yeah like the season after i got out of grad school um went out with them i mean hunted with them a bunch and stuff i mean they were they were great just learned from them knew i wasn't really ready to get a bird yet um my first son was born in 2013 so that kind of put you know stuff on the back burner a little bit which is funny because yeah john became my sponsor but he was also my wife's OB, OBGYN. So we kind of, we, we would talk, we would go into like these appointments and stuff, like, you know, talking about, you know, how, how our son's developing and stuff. Oh, like, so man. yeah, how's, how are the birds doing? And, you know, just. That's hilarious, yeah. man. No, I, I laugh because that's, that's the world that I lived in for the first mm-hmm. 12 years of my respiratory career. Okay. Was, was NICU, you know, and, uh, and babies, you know, so yeah. I can, I, I laugh because I can only imagine you know, like that, that kind of conversation, yeah. you know, like, you know, I just walk we, in, <laughs> we'd spend like 20 minutes, you know, talking about my wife and her pregnancy and stuff. Right. And like the last 10 minutes, you know, me and John would, you know, we'd yeah. start talking about birds and stuff. That's so, so funny. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. So that was a good way for me to keep in touch with him. But then I think in 2016, yeah, I mean, I, you know, kept in touch with John and we'd go out and stuff. And then in 2016 is when, um, I finally got my license then. Yeah. So, and then John sponsored me. He was great. Um, and I think, yeah, like we were talking about, yeah, just, I mean, people without hunting backgrounds and stuff. I mean, because this is a hunting sport. Sure. And I mean, really, I mean, he was a hunter. I mean, does all kind of, I mean, he's got, you know, setters and gun hunts and, you know, does quail, all that stuff. Um, but he really taught me how to, you know, kind of how to set yourself up for success in the field. Because I think a lot of people, you know, without a hunting background, are just not really knowing, 
you know what you're going for out in the field, I mean, they can kind of get lost. And oh, I I totally agree. I mean, you can't just throw a bird up in a tree and then run like crazy through a field, you know, no. trying to fly. And a rabbit's running away a hundred yards away. Yeah, you know, I mean, he kind of told me how to kind of set up like put your bird in that tree over there we're gonna walk over here we're gonna work this way towards mm-hmm. the bird like we're gonna flush the rabbits that way kind of thing and that was i mean that was huge yeah yeah i mean it's 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 huge even just just learning how to find prey mm-hmm. like just yeah. just learning how to find those rabbit fields or right learning how to find those those patches of you know woods with you know lots of squirrels in them or, or whatever the case may be or just how to yeah work them and stuff yeah i mean yeah, yeah and, and and how to go about yeah doing doing an actual hunt and strategically trying to set your bird up for the best slips that it can have success with right i mean yeah there there's there's a lot that you know even once people start getting into it until they start getting out in the fields with people there's there's a lot that that people don't realize goes into all this yeah and it's you know it's not just the bird that's work it's fine it's you know it's it's the prey and in finding all the right setups and and doing all the homework on on places that you can find slips for your bird i mean there's just so so much more that goes into it yeah than, than people realize absolutely and um yeah, so I mean, I I completely agree. You got to have a plan, you know. Um, yeah, and you, know. you got to. I mean, yeah, you got to have the right bird. You got to have. I mean, and what he always told me is like the biggest hindrance for you is just not going to be finding enough game. Right. And that's. I mean, because once you stop finding game, everything falls apart. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you're out there and yeah, your birds, you're not flushing game for your bird. They're not seeing anything. Then you got no reason to be there. Yeah. Well, and then eventually your birds just like oh. You know, I don't, I don't need this guy. <laughs> they don't make that connection. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just like, well, what am I doing here? Right. You know? And and me, but if you're going out there, you know, regularly every day, always flushing game, always seeing something, getting the bird engaged, then dots connect much faster. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's interesting <laughs> of, of all the, of all the ways to make a, a falconry connection like yeah. this, just, you know, your wife's OB, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> I, that's, that's definitely one of the, uh the the funnier um <laughs> yeah it's i mean just and and it's just funny to me i guess like i said just we had met before my background, but we were but, able to kind of continue that like it yeah. kind of gave me a reason to you know keep in touch with them and stuff right. too and it's not like we chose him like oh, oh this ob's into falconry yeah. let's, let's, <laughs> he'll deliver our baby yeah that guy no it's uh <laughs> well yeah i mean well I, I i i just had this like i just had these scenarios pop through my head of well you know honey i'm if you go into labor, I mean, we might be able to get one more hunt in. If you just, if we just get you in this patch of, it's not too dirty over here. We just go ahead and have them deliver at the same time. I can go ahead and get a squirrel real quick while, you know, while the while our boys coming into the world and whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just, yeah, yeah. I think as our second son was born, because he was, yeah, the OB for for her second pregnancy. Yeah, she. Uh, I was at a meet like two days before, <laughs> and I think. I invited, yeah, I invited my sponsor, but yeah, he was, I was like, yeah, you're going to be busy Monday. Remember, yeah, you got to be back. So <laughs> like, don't forget, you got that, that induction schedule mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Guys. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Like I said, it's, uh, that's why I like having these conversations just because I mean, yeah, how many, we've, we've known each other for almost two years now and it's just, it's, you know, like having these conversations, you, I would, you know, right. I would never have, you know, heard that story probably otherwise. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, like as far as. I mean, do you foresee yourself like continuing to fly primarily just red tails and Harris's and stuff? Just, uh, I mean, are you thinking about eventually trying something else down the road other than the Kestrel? Yeah, I definitely will. Yeah. Try something else down the road. Um, I mean, I think there's two, yeah, there's kind of two ways you can go about it. And a lot of people, and there's not, neither approach is wrong, really. I mean, you can, you know, if you want to diversify yourself, you'd try different, you know, species, you know, try different terrain as long as set yourself up for success have you know available mm-hmm. game and terrain and everything to fly it in um there's nothing wrong with that or i mean i've flown i guess this red tail i have is my fourth red tail that i've trapped and stuff and you know you try different things with them every year or you know you learn from each one mm-hmm. um i think where i'm at right now i'm up yeah in northern kentucky i don't see myself leaving up there i mean we have cottontails and squirrels and that's i mean red tails are the best for that the harrises are great too um, I think I'll always, yeah, I didn't have a red tail last season, but it's, it's been, it's been good having this one this year. Um, so it, it's good to come back to that. I'd like, I mean, and I'm by no means, you know, an expert, you know, squirrel hawk or anything, but it's, uh, 
I think things are getting better, especially with the dog and, you know, just knowing what I know, just being in the woods and, you know, going out with a bird and stuff. And I mean, so I think it can only really go up from there. Yeah. Um, I would like to try a goss sometime. I mean, I've heard different things. <laughs> a lot of it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> I have a few fields like where I could, you know, hunt from the fists. I hunt, I hunt my Harris from the fists on a, in a few rabbit fields and stuff. And that's a lot of fun. But I mean, I know just from what I've read and I, you know, need to learn a lot more but yeah um yeah dealing with the sippers and stuff yeah well i mean i'm sure you've had me I, i'm sure you've heard me have the conversation several times about you know my just whole take on gosses mm-hmm. and stuff. i mean like i think my like i said I've, I've said this many times before but i think my overall opinion on goss hawks would just be different if i didn't see a billion of them fly every single year since I got into the sport. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, I've seen the, the, the worst of the worst and the Especially best where of the you're best. at, where yeah. you're in mowed grass and <laughs> kick them up in five inches of grass yeah. and yeah, the rabbits just run. I don't, I don't know how many times you can really watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I haven't gotten to see it yet. I know there's plenty of guys that have had, um, a large amount of success with like hoops on, on, yeah. on cottontails and stuff. I, I think stuff like that to me is a lot more appealing than say a goss on bunnies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and once again, I'm going to stress that I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with any of that. No, absolutely. Um, but everybody's it, got their own flavor. Really? It, yeah. It just doesn't tickle my fancy to, sure. to see a, a goss hawk fly off the fist and, and get a bunny like 10 to 15 yards away over and 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 over again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, now I will say I would love, I would absolutely love to see someone, to go out with someone that's been really successful with goshawks on squirrels. Um, I've said many times recently that I could totally see myself, like, being interested in flying a goss on on squirrels. Oh, absolutely. Because um, I think that would be cool as, cool as hell. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, the whole bunny thing, you know, is just, you know... I mean, my most. I mean, the unfortunate thing for me is a lot of my interest lies with with long wings. But you know, once again, we're not in the greatest area for you know. For, I mean, for for smaller long wings, sure. Yeah. But you know, but yeah. I mean, like I said, I I think that um, down the road I, I will try and do a, a or you know try and, and get a goss as well to to do on squirrels maybe or something like that. But I like I said, I I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on um, you know, just, uh, you know, some of the other different random species, or you ever think you might try a different type of exhibitor or other than that, or just any, any other kind of bird as far as I, 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 I want to go experience that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I want to go see a duck. I've never, I've never seen a peregrine kill a duck before. I've never seen a falcon. I've never seen a falcon fly. I've never seen anybody do longing. There's that whole world that I just know nothing about that I would love to go see. Yeah. I really wanted to do a lot of traveling this winter in this season, but just with, you know, yeah. restrictions <laughs> well, and yeah, well, yeah. Mur- so, m- mother nature, yeah. you know, whether nature. it was manufactured or not well, decided yeah. to, right. <laughs> to put it. A- yeah. Well, I was supposed to go to Lubbock for a meet and, um, yeah, my mom, I was with my mom like the day before. Yeah. She tested positive for COVID and I was like with her. So I was just like, well, I guess yeah. I got to hang back now. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I'm actually, I'm going to go down to the Alabama meet, uh, next weekend. I'm going to drive down there. Um, I mean, that's a squirrel hawking meet, so I'm going to bring my birds down there. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Ohio's got one the weekend after. I'm going to go to that one. Um, but, uh, no, I would love to, I mean, just go, I would love to get out west and just see different, you know, types of hawking in different terrains. I mean, not just long wings, but just, I mean, how they do it in different areas on different game. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, even if I'm not holding my own bird, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I just want to go see it done. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally get. It. Like I said, I, I really wish that I would have gotten more of a chance to. Um, I mean, I did get a, get a couple opportunities to get out with, uh, you know, with some guys when I was out west, um, the last couple months or so. But, you know, I mean, it's like I said, it's if nothing else, it's interesting to, to get your hands on these different types of birds and at least learn how to you know, learn how to train them. So yeah. you see what their differences in personality are and, you know, just, just, you right. know, your, your approach and your, you know, the, the line of thinking that you need to take with 
you know, Falcons versus Hawks. There's and, a, it's such a huge world out there. I yeah. mean, it's just falconry cannot be limited to yeah. this one thing you're doing. You're there, not just, there's just so much. Yeah. Like yeah. my wife's into horses and it's just like, yeah, you do, you do horse stuff. I mean, and I've watched her do so many, you know, different things with horses. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, what kind of horses? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's completely Can't different. Narrow it down to one thing. No, no. And, and, and for personalities like mine, um, I mean, I, I really wish that I could just be content sooner rather than later with yeah. just be like, okay, I really like that species. I really like this one style of hunting. And that's what I'm just going to specialize in for like the rest of my living days. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wish I could be like that right now, but I know I'm not going to be able to. Yeah. And there's a part of me that, that kicks myself because I, I know that I would be better off just accepting you know, um, just accepting something and just going with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, some but, people, yeah, do that and then they'll perfect themselves. They do it for 30, 40 years. I mean, I see the, the red tail Harris Hawk in the woods, squirrels, rabbits, that's working for me. That's what I'll keep doing at least for the next, you know, three, four years or so. Yeah. I mean, maybe try something different. I got the Kestrel. I'm going to try the Kestrel again here this spring on starlings and stuff. Um, yeah. that, that'll be a new experience. So really like my season's only like halfway over right now, really. Right. So, I mean, we'll put the, the big birds up and get the Kestrel out. And so that's, that's kind of my next, my next step there just to see how that goes. So. Yeah. We'll yeah. You'll, that. you'll have a lot of fun with the Kestrel for yeah. sure. No, and it, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just the limited, you know, time I had with it last season and stuff. But. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, I've told a couple, couple of buddies this, I mean, like if honestly, if they said that, okay, you're no longer allowed to fly anything but kestrels, you know, for like ever. Yeah. Like I would be all right with that. Really? Yeah. Just yeah. me personally. Cause yeah. I mean, I like kestrels that much, Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of different things I want to try and stuff too. It's just, you know, like I said, it's, um, I don't know, like the last couple of years I've, I've kind of written off is, it's just learning years, yeah. you know? And, um, I knew that what I was trying to do wasn't probably going to bring a whole lot of success and, you know, I mean, once again, it's just kind of like, well, I, I just really wanted to learn how to, how to deal with, you know, and, and just kind of check out long wings for a couple of years yeah. and, and whatever. And another older yeah. falconer told me I'm kind of in the fanatic stage right now Yeah, where, yeah, I've got a Harris, I've got a red tail, I got a Kestrel, yeah. like, you know, yeah. and I'm just wanting to do it all kind yeah. of thing right now. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I think that yeah. guys like, you know, Jared and yourself mm-hmm. and I, and, you know, other buddies that we have are kind of in, you know, to a certain degree too. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think I'm starting to come out of that a little bit personally. Um, well, then you find what you really like. Yeah. I mean, you find your, yeah, what you really yeah. want to get into. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this will be your first, this will be your first real season with the whole Kestrel thing, though, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah so I I've th- had it. He's just been, you know. Yeah. In the, up for the winter. Well, it's, and that's, and that's why, you know, I, I've, I've talked about it many times before, too. But, I mean, I personally, I like you know, doing the, the passage or whatever Kestrel's like a little bit later in the year. Yeah. And so that you have less time between, you know, prime starling time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would, it would personally drive me nuts to have a, to have a Kestrel just hanging out for, you know, four to six, <laughs> four to six months or whatever, without being able to, you know, do a whole lot with. Yeah. Him we'll see how that. that, that's really kind of affected him. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't really have much of another choice. But It'll be all right. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, yeah, I get him out, and he, you know, hangs out with us and stuff. So. Well, we can we can get you on a lot of. I mean, I'm sure you've well, got. Well, that's a whole of- different world. Now I'm invested. I got tomahawk traps, and now like PCP air rifles and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. That's like a whole new thing you gotta like yeah. get into. And that's like, well, yeah, you think of chamber raised bird, and you get an imprint like this is the thing you need to kill. Like, I mean, convincing the thing, like you know, just yeah, convincing a bird to kill something, and that's kind of. Basically, we're that's where we ended last year. Yep. Was like, I I know to kill that tiny bird. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. And I'll eat it. Like that's that's it. Well, you need to um at some point this uh, over the next few months you need to swing out and uh, we can get you on plenty of yeah. I mean just star, plan starling too. slip after starling right. slip on that. Yeah. You know, but, I plan. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Late March or so I'm gonna come out. Yeah. With Jared because I want to get yeah my Harris with her broken toe or healed broken toe now on some easy rabbit slips and stuff just. Get her going just for what I got left, and then yeah, take the kestrel and yeah, have some fun with that. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. It's still yeah. the most it's still the most fun that I've personally had yeah. um, in falconry. Still to this to this date, 
I really wish the Merlin thing would have worked out a little bit better other than her ending up as an owl pellet or something. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, sucks, yeah. but, uh, but you know, those are just things that That's we thing, all, yeah. little bird. Yeah. Yeah. We all just, I mean, I was we all free run flying my Kestrel. Yeah. And yeah, passage coop came in and just chased her all over the place. Luckily, mm-hmm. yeah, she got away, but yeah, I could have ended so much differently. That's yeah. The yeah. thing about flying small birds that are prey. Yeah. And also I mean, predators. Same thing happened to my first Kestrel also, mm. you know, coop actually had her and, uh, you know, managed to scare it off. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's but, what you get for flying small birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, once you actually learn how to, to really fly them and really get going with them, you know, there's this whole other set of issues yeah. <laughs> that, that, oh, you, yeah. that you have to deal with that's really just out of your control. But, well, yeah, and that, but that's, yeah, kind of been the whole learning process for me just because I'm, I've been dealing with these, you know, top of the food chain <laughs> apex yeah. predators before, right. you know, that nothing's going to mess with them. Yep. You get a crow that just like screams in their face and that's about it. But yeah. <laughs> very true. Very yeah, true. But yeah. well, I mean, just, um, just out of curiosity then, um, I mean, so far what, what has been, you know, I, I usually like to get at least one good story from someone if I, if, if they can, you know, it usually puts them on the spot, okay. you know, they usually like blank or whatever, but I, can you think of, can you think of at least like that, that like one hunting story or one, particular thing that sticks out in your mind so far since you've uh, started into it that that really just has made an impression on you or made an impression i mean do you want like a funny story or like a either or both serious <laughs> i got a funny story because this is yeah this happened at our meet um we did uh our club did a meet back in january at uh, carter cave state park and uh i had my red tail out um so yeah i've been hunting with the dog i have yeah uh decker rat terrier and she's been i mean she's she just turned two i mean she's getting real good in the woods now i mean learning everything follows the red tail around you know yeah tree squirrels flushes rabbits everything i mean she's yeah i'm I'm really happy with that's been the best part of my season so far but um so anyways yeah we go out squirrel hunting basically yeah at the meet um it was me and a friend of mine who i haven't talked to in probably like 15 years or so He's a guy I went to church with in Louisville, and uh, we were good friends growing up and stuff. And he just randomly decided to come to the meet, just see what it was all about and stuff. So he had never been around birds, never, you know, knew what it was all about or anything. So I had, it was him, River, my Decker, and um, then there was Teddy. Teddy's my uh, Australian cattle dog, which <laughs> he kind of came along too. When I when I hunt, like now, like through quarantine and stuff, I've just been, you know, hunting at home. I have 15 acres of woods there. That's why I got the red tail, really, just because I can just walk out my door and go hunt in the woods. It's perfect. It's been great, yeah. So every time I go, I get river ready, and then Teddy always, you know, he's always wanting to come along. He's learned pretty good. I mean, he knows what the bells mean. He, he follows the bird. Like if River's, you know, barking up a tree, he'll be sitting there too, like waiting and stuff. Or if the bird's like, you know, engaged, ready to go on a squirrel, like he's he's ready too. But, um, I don't know, at the meet, it's kind of like when your mom, like, you want to go out and play with your friends, and your mom's like, take your little brother with you, just, you know, because he wants to have <laughs> yeah, fun. And, like, yeah. you know, so here comes Teddy. Teddy's with me. And basically, <laughs> he's just following. He, he heals the whole time. He's a little, uh, he's a blue healer. So, anyways. He used to have a blue healer also, so I, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. feel you. No, they're fine. Yeah, they're, he's, he's a good dog. Um, but, anyways, so, uh, yeah, we got, on, we got on a squirrel chase. There's a, yeah, basically, the bird ladders up gets a squirrel to the top of the tree squirrel decides to bail um basically yeah hits a branch on the way down squirrel helicopters down <laughs> and my friends are just like you've never seen this before we're just like you know awesome like you know, loving it and uh so this yeah they did the big the red tail tries to do that big slam basically misses it uh so there was a chase on the ground here um the dogs you know give chase see it basically i think i think teddy grabbed the squirrel out of nowhere, like, because he, I mean, I did not expect him to. So he grabs the squirrel, but it was like the red tail and Teddy, like, were going for it at the same time. <laughs> so Teddy and the red tail, and then basically the red tail's feet go up around Teddy's muzzle. <laughs> yeah. Teddy lets go of the squirrel, or yeah, Teddy lets go of the squirrel, then River grabs the squirrel and kills it and stuff. So my friends were just like watching the whole time. <laughs> Um, is this supposed to happen? Yeah, and I was like, like, is this how it's supposed to be? And I was like, yeah, I'm still going to catch it. You know, all this stuff. And yeah, and then just uh, this, you know, chaos happened. So it went from like, I don't know, just like within like five seconds, it was like, yes, awesome. Oh, crap. Yeah, awesome. My dog caught a squirrel. Like it just, I don't know, it just kind of went, it was just <laughs> crazy. I just, yeah, that was, that was one of the recent times. Um, 
something kind of funny happened. My friends were just like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, what have you, what do you do here with your life? Yeah. I mean, yeah. any, anytime you usually bring spectators along or volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, birds never acting. How you yeah. Yeah. To. You're doomed yeah. from yeah. the start. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing happened for me when I tried to, to drum that, that prairie, um, you know, at the, uh, this, the state picnic thing or whatever, mm. a couple years ago or whatever. And yeah, it, it didn't. But it do yeah. just <laughs> no. I mean, basically, just it decided to just say, huh, yeah, that's cool, whatever, and went off into the into some trees behind us or whatever. And the parachute like ends up like coming off of the oh, no. <laughs> of the rig, and it floats. The parachute just floats right on over, gets hung up in a tree. A couple kids climb a tree and go get like I. They they walk up about twenty minutes later with my parachute. For, and I was just like. Did you guys seriously just <laughs> climb that tree over there? And then like, yeah, we. I was just like, yep. And you're and you're not dead. I'm like glad you're here, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, it never it never fails. Nothing ever goes right. No. It seems like when you bring people along. But that's to the check fun it of it. it. I mean, yeah, you know, just the random chaos. Oh, I just, I, I just laugh. You know, just like anything else, you just got to laugh it off. You oh know, yeah, just, yeah. You know. No, and Teddy was fine and stuff. But I mean, I was so glad. Yeah, that he like <laughs> was finally catching on. I was like so proud that he yeah was gonna catch the squirrel. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. like there was, uh, my first season I had, um, a friend of mine from work and bring her daughter over so she could check out the red tail and mm-hmm. stuff. And that same day, um, you know, my sponsor is trying to trap a red tail for himself and he brings this bird over and wants me to help weigh it, you know, kind of temporarily get it, whatever. So just up or whatever, so he can check it out a little bit better. So they're checking this out or whatever. I think that, you know, I, I'm sitting there holding you know, trying to hold this bird for him or whatever. And I, th- I could have swore that he had told me that, you know, he had hold of both legs. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't. Yeah. You know, so I, I know. so I'm sitting there holding my left hand down and this bird, all of a sudden I'm just, oh. it, yeah, just totally like foots the hell out of mm-hmm. my, my left hand. Yep. And my friend and, and her daughter are just like watching me just like, yeah, yeah. You know. I feel weird going out in public now. Yeah, with all this. Yeah, this is after. Yeah, my bird got her X-rays the other day. I was trying to grab her Jess or put her Jesses back in. Uh-huh. And she grabbed my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just nothing ever seems to go right when you have people along at least the first oh, time no. or two or whatever. No, absolutely but, not. So, I mean, that's the funny story. Then, so what's the like the most memorable like <laughs> you know catch that you've gotten or what whatever as far as you know another. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just. I think it's those ones that you really have to work for. I mean, it's the one, like, I don't know. I enjoy going out with people too. I mean, it's one thing. It's very peaceful. And I, I mean, I call it my church. Like when I'm, you know, walking in the woods with your bird and stuff, I mean, it's, it's fun, but it's also fun to go out with, you know, with people, especially squirrel hawking and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter how weird your birds being or whoever's birds up and stuff, or right. if you have 20 dogs running around on the ground, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just like those catches, I guess, like, you know, where you've had kind of a dry spell there for a while. Um, or like when you get your first bird and they get their first one or yeah, you, you have like the, yeah, those dry spells, I guess. And then you're finally working for one, you know, playing around with different stuff. And then finally it all just kind of pays off. I remember. Yeah. One, um, it was my third red tail I had. Yeah. She caught her first rabbit pretty quick and it was a real easy catch and stuff, but I really had to work for that second one. It was probably like a, you know, two week drought there, you know, just like going out and beating brush and stuff. And, and really like one day yeah i finally set it up perfect i mean just did this it was like right at dusk did this big teardrop stoop down caught the rabbit and stuff i was in this industrial park there was you know cars driving by and stuff and i'm just like yeah just like beating my chest like you know it just just like like it would have been my first catch ever but it was just kind of stuff like that yeah yeah another funny story well for the first catch i was out with jared um because i went out to western kentucky because i had my chamber you know um the Harris Hawk. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get some easy slips on rabbits, you know, to enter her on rabbits. Sure. Kind of thing. So um, we went to a couple fields out there. <laughs> it was about four o'clock in the afternoon or so, walking around with the bird. She caught her first cottontail like real quick in this one field. Um, I mean, the grass was this high. I don't know how the heck in Western Kentucky you find rabbits in grass like six inches high, but it's, it's pretty amazing out there. And that's, that was a great place to go in or a bird. Just the train where we're at, it's man. crazy. I mean, yeah. And, and then I tried doing it like at home, like walking around, like in these, you know, these other things, like fields that look similar. I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? There's nothing here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was right in front of a daycare. <laughs> you probably know the field I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right yeah, for, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So yeah. the second we were, we were like, yeah, let, I, mean, I didn't drive three hours all the way out of here to just get one rabbit, go hunt for 20 <laughs> minutes. Let's, let's do it again. So trade her off get her back up and uh 
yeah, sure enough, flushed a rabbit. Rabbit runs out of the grass onto the concrete into the cul-de-sac, like right in front of like this woman loading up her four-year-old into the car <laughs> and just like catches it. The rabbit starts screaming and stuff. The, the director of the daycare is out there. She's just like, what is she? She's like, really? Like, and we, we just like picked up the bird and the rabbit just walked away. Just, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you'll have those moments. I think Jared um, was just like, we have, we have, we we, we talked to the guy. We we can be here and just yeah, kind of like left. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. We so that's those funny moments. Just when people like, <laughs> I don't know, just yeah, when you have the general public like looking at you, like, what the heck are these people doing? Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's event, you know, and either you always end up in at least a few PR situations. Yeah, you know, a whole season. Yeah, and you just hope that they're not. You just hope that they're not PR situations where you're having to like, you know, clean up a situation or no, you know, it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah it could have been way right. worse for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that it wasn't though. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. Well, I mean, I, is there any other um, you know kind of uh, little thoughts or, or pearls that you might have? Just um, uh, you know, just from your, yeah. I mean, we've we've been doing this about the same amount of time right we yeah. kind of talked about this before like yeah five six seven yeah, seasons, my fifth so, season yeah, yeah. Fifth season, yeah. Mm -hmm. so i mean what have you taken away from it the most just out of curiosity just in your short amount of time that you've been doing this um i don't i have never like i don't know i've never done like something like this rewarding i guess for myself yeah um I mean, to put in, you know, just the amount of time that I've, like, you know, read about this, like, you know, you know, practice it, you know, just thinking about where I was, like, not, you know, having any idea about it, like, getting to make your own stuff, like, basically creating this whole new world for yourself, and then just to see the successes that you have. I've, I've never done something like that rewarding. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just been, I don't know, that's just been something that's real special. And then now knowing... The only way you can go is is up from here. Or you, you, there's just so much more you can do with it. There's really. a, there's a lot more down you can have too. There's downs. <laughs> there's downs, but you learn from those downs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it just teaches you. I mean, that's just it. Just teaches you a lot about life too. I mean, sure. Yeah. Like things aren't always going to go great one yeah. day. I mean, things can be going great for a month. I mean, and then you know, yeah, something totally just you know comes over and sidetracks you, and you know you you're you know, I get it. You're back. Yeah. So it's it's. I don't know. It, it's just been, I, I think I've always been into art. I've always been into making things. I do like, you know, woodworking, you know, leather working, all that kind of stuff. So really kind of all, you know, my talents and interests and stuff have kind of fed into this pretty well. And I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, just of course being with the birds and, and seeing all that kind of, you know, come together has been, has been pretty cool. Cool. I mean, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's always cool to, um, you know, to catch up with buds and stuff. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you, uh, driving the hour, hour and a half to come and, and hang out tonight. Yeah. And, yeah and not far this. enough. We're at the yeah. old stomping grounds here. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Lexington. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. come here much, but yeah, uh, it's always good to come back. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting place. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, uh, like I said, I've been here several times. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually caught some, com caught some starlings around oh, here yeah? actually. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of funny because, um, so a couple years ago, like whenever I was a few years ago, whenever it was that I was flying, um, the first Kestrel I had, yeah, I, I went to a, a comic convention, you know, they have oh, a Lexington, yeah, yeah. The Lexington comic con or whatever. Right. Um, I usually, you know, I would go to that every year before, you know, they obviously didn't have it last year. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, I brought her with me, uh, whenever <laughs> it came in one year and, uh, before it opened up a couple mornings, I drove around and ended up getting a few starlings around like this park that's nice. just down this road and yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's, it's oh, funny. That's a great man. place for that. I'm sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely got some, got some appeal to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but, um, that's cool. I, the drive down here is beautiful. You just drive through like all the big, you know, million dollar thoroughbred farms and stuff. Oh yeah. And we just had like a big yeah. ice storm here now. So all the, it was like, uh, yeah, crazy yeah. fantasy land driving down through here and stuff for sure yeah yeah but no i mean like i said i appreciate it and uh yeah i mean we we didn't even mention the fact that you're uh you're mr prez now for the yeah. for the kentucky Club. sure yeah 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 so yeah it'll be good good go ahead and talk about that in a little yeah. bit and then we'll call us good okay so. cool yeah we i mean i yeah kind of i don't know just one of the yeah, the other things you know that's rewarding is just all the people i've met too i mean yeah. and being you know just the communication and I mean, it's, there's a lot of mentorship that goes on. 
mm-hmm. I think just between, you know, other people and just having a state club really kind of gives you those opportunities. I mean, Facebook and social media is one thing, but, you know, getting out with people in the field, you know, seeing, you know, what kind of equipment they're using, what they're doing, how they're, you know, really doing stuff is really how you get out there and learn, mm-hmm. I think. So though being, yeah, being part of the club and kind of getting to organize that, it's been, been fun. And I, I mean, really the only way, I mean, I think, yeah, we can do a whole lot more with it and we're kind of got big plans for it and stuff too so well i think it's cool how the indiana kentucky clubs seem to have a pretty good relationship i think so and i've yeah they've called me on some stuff and um yeah i've joined your all's club and they've yeah we've kind of been in communication just i I like to see what other clubs are doing Mm -hmm. um i even set up like a small like facebook group for like state club leaders like a networking group just kind of seeing what other you know people can kind of bounce ideas off people um, seeing like what Texas is doing and what Kansas is doing, like and kind of stuff that we can bring into ours. That's a good idea. Kind of thing, yeah. So I mean, pretty much we are kind of like I mean, we really devoted to like three things, and one is just like creating networking opportunities for people coming into the sport. Um, like we said, it is hard to get into it for some people. I mean, maybe a little bit easier now than it was, but um, just yeah, holding events, we do picnics. I mean, just kind of through email correspondence, you know, finding getting people hooked up um, with potential sponsors or just get them, get them out there in the field with it, kind of get a taste of it really. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's helpful that, you know, there's people that are willing to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, not every, I'm sure not every member of each state is probably as willing to do that. And we have a lot of members that are really, I mean, and that's kind of widespread. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, not, and of course not, not saying anything bad about anybody else. That I mean, this, there's nothing about this sport that is an obligation. I mean, like, no. you know, it's, it's, you know, nobody is obligated to take anybody on as a, as a sponsor or anything like that. So, I mean, it's always nice whenever you have people like a group of people in each state that are, that are willing to, you know, do that for people, right? you know, just as, um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're welcoming. At least just of an introduction. We'll show you this you know. is what we do, but at the sure. same time, you got to take these still got to earn steps. it. Yeah, yeah. You got to earn it. You got, yeah. I mean, we're only going to, you know, you can lead a horse to water. Like you can sure. only do exactly. know, a certain amount of stuff. So yeah. Um, but we've had really good success with that. I think we had like 10 new apprentices this year. Um, like even just from our like picnics and stuff, just quite a few showing up. Yeah. We've had, yeah, it's been, it's been good. And just kind of, yeah, finding, you know, sponsors for them and stuff. Um, but really, like I said, we, we can only take it so far. It's really, I mean, for anybody getting into it, it's, so it's all up to you. Um, so that, and then, um, kind of trying to, create a good relationship with our regulatory staff at Kentucky Fish and Wildlife. Um, we're in kind of a good position now because we, there's a new falconry program coordinator with Fish and Wildlife who just got hired. Yeah. Who actually was, he graduated from EKU. He was, he had my same advisor at EKU and stuff. So we have kind of made that connection with oh, him. That's cool. On that. Yeah. Kind of talking to him and stuff. Um, our club's done. Um, I mean, just kind of trying to get more involved, I guess, in the regulatory process. We want to kind of set up some meetings, just create a good working relationship with them. Well, the better, I mean, anybody that's been in this for any amount of time knows that the better relationship that you have with your state's DNR, the better off you're you're going to be. I mean, it just makes life so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think in the past, like, it's just kind of been like a, you know... You know, like a, a stern parent on the other side, kind of yeah. like shaking their finger at us, like you yeah. better follow the rules, kind of thing. Right. When this, you know, I mean, yeah, you can kind of talk to them and realize, you know, talk to them more, you know, on their level, I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. So one thing we've done, um, kind of with that, we've and the Indiana guys have helped us out with this too, but like petition to extend our duck season. Okay, our falconry yeah. duck season by like two mm-hmm. weeks because usually it's like february 1st to the 15th but i sure. think we want to go through february now mm-hmm. so really yeah we kind of did a petition through the club members i typed up a letter just kind of stating why and stuff found out the state waterfowl biologist working with him so he's going to kind of present that to the commission so stuff like that where really we can kind of voice our you know desires and needs and stuff to well, kind of help you, out those things need to be done because i mean if if, if you don't ever do those kind of things and nothing's ever going to change right you know i mean if you don't step up and yeah you know, it's better coming from a group of people rather than just you know one person i sure. think yeah yeah so yeah so we've done that and then also kind of we want to do more i guess kind of conservation measures education type stuff um we got involved with the league of kentucky sportsmen which is kind of this group of, you know, different various, you know, hunting, fishing clubs and stuff that kind of can, you know, have a representative with the Fish and Wildlife Commission at their meetings and stuff to kind of voice their, you know, opinions and, and desires and stuff. So we've 
our club, the Kentucky Falcons Association, is now part of League of Kentucky Sportsmen, where you know I've met a few of the commissioners and stuff around, and you know talking to them and just kind of developing good stuff with them. Well, I mean, just from my personal experience and being a member of of the club, also is that I, one thing that I've liked is it seems like you guys are trying to be a lot more transparent than other clubs. I think that mm-hmm. really matters a whole lot. What um, do you mean, like less exclusive or no? Transparent is mean just is. is transparent meaning you're communicating what you're doing to your members yeah yeah that's important i mean like it there's there's some clubs i think or there's probably been clubs in existence i mean i I can only speak to the ones that i'm members of or whatever but but i mean like i i know that you know in other experience in my life just not even falconry or whatever it's the more transparency that you have in communicating to dues paying members you know that you know, what's going on what you've been doing or trying to do for them you want for them to their get money out of it yeah, yeah. i mean like the, the the better relationship i think you're going to have and the more members you're going to eventually accrue well, as and well just show that you're doing something e- exactly and show where yeah, yeah where their money's going and yeah. stuff yeah yeah i mean I, that helps a lot mm-hmm. so i mean i i'm just saying that as a as a member you know i appreciate that also yeah. in that you know it seems like you know you guys are trying to you know be like okay you know, here's what we're doing now, and you know, this is what your dues are going towards right now yeah. over here. And the, the Indiana Club's really good with that too. So I mean, it's just that's something that I appreciate just as sure. being a member of any club. You know, yeah. I pay dues towards. Oh, know, absolutely, so. yeah. I mean, we yeah we hold raffles at our, all our picnics and meets sure. and stuff, and yeah, a lot of that money goes towards. And we're always willing to listen to our members, like if they you know want to do something like a education project. Like for instance, we. Uh, my son's Boy Scout troop, we or his Cub Scout troop, we built like a bunch of Kestrel boxes. So those Kestrel boxes, yeah, yeah. We built like yeah, nine cool. Kestrel boxes, yeah. And uh, the club donated the funds to buy all the materials. So if the kids built them, and then last week I took them to, yeah, the new Falconry coordinator, mm-hmm. who's also going to go install those in wildlife management areas kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that just kind of helps out. And then like League of Kentucky Sportsmen, they do a lot of, you know, youth education days and stuff. And they heard like what I did, and they're like, oh, we would love to have you guys out, you know, just do a you know, a fun talk, anything like that. So they're yeah. kind of all over the state and so are we. So yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. 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 Was there anything else that you want to mention real quick before we're, we wrap um, this up or I don't really think so. No, I'm hungry, man. I know. Yeah. I'm, I need another beer and I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good place. Get so some good New York style uh, pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. That sounds great, man. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll call this good then. And um, like I said, man, thanks for, for making the time tonight and coming yeah, down for and hanging out. And, no, I enjoy this podcast, and I think you guys are doing awesome stuff with it. So. Awesome. Well, we appreciate yeah. it, man. I mean, we uh, we just do what we do, and, and we hope that people get something out of it. And, right. You know, all yeah. that kind of good <laughs> stuff. somebody so. gets something out of yeah. this. <laughs> Whatever I said. It's all good, right. man. All right. Well, let's go, uh, let's go grab some of that then. All right, man. All right. Thanks.